Hey friends, welcome to the Thrive Like a Parent podcast. You know those parents who look like they've got it all together? Yep, that's not me. I'm Dr. Brooke Weinstein, mom, widow, and neuroscience expert on all things sensory and emotional regulation. Yep, that's right. I'm here to get down and dirty on the truth behind parenting, education, burnout, neuroscience, widowhood, and the shit show we call life. So come join me for conversations with thought leaders, doctors, and women just like you who aren't afraid to speak the truth and help you find that silver lining between the to-do lists, shit shows, and chaos of parenthood. If you are craving the answers to finally find that sweet spot between chaos and calm, pull up a seat and listen in as I take you from burnt out and surviving to finally thriving. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Thrive Like a Parent podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about something that if you're a parent, you have felt this in your life, in your time frame of parenting life, let's say, and that is getting triggered by noise. Now, we could talk about getting triggered by mess, getting triggered by who even knows, like all the different things. But today, we are going to specifically talk about noise And the reason I want to dive deep into this is, again, because we've all felt it before, but also I want you to have more clarity and understanding around why certain things are triggering you and then why certain things aren't. Probably one of the most common questions I get in terms of this is, I literally want to jump out of my skin when my kiddos start whining or crying or begging for another XYZ, but yet... I love rocking out to really loud music, or I love going to concerts, or I love going to festivals, music festivals. And so why do I enjoy going to concerts where it's tons of loud music, yet the sound of my child's voice sends me like running for the door? Like, why? How does that equate to itself? And if you can think of it in terms of, right, the sensory system, a lot of people ask me that question because it's, well, Am I a seeker or am I an an avoider? Because if I crave tons of loud music or concerts, you're kind of telling me that I'm a seeker of auditory stimulation of sound. But when it's three in the afternoon, heck, even when it's 8 a.m. and you're trying to get the kids out the door and they're "Eh," or you hear them like bickering upstairs over the toothpaste or someone's hit each other or you're, you just hear them whining or what, I need more water, right? You absolutely go running for the hills, which would mean, okay, Brooke, like that clearly means I'm a voider. I'm avoiding auditory stimulation. I'm avoiding sound. I'm avoiding noise, right? Some people love listening to music while they work. Others need peace and quiet, right? Like there's differing, varying degrees of what we crave or need auditorially. And there is a theory behind why specific noises drive you bonkers. And I'm going to really relate this most to parenthood in terms of why we're getting triggered when our kids whine and cry and all the different things. So think back and you're, you may still have a baby. I have a nine and six-year-old, but I can think back to when Charlie was an infant and I'm starting to get a little tingly in my body, even as I'm saying that and slightly nauseous because Charlie was all the things. He was a colicky baby and I literally couldn't like 
Okay. So let me just give you the rundown of what this sucker looked like. Okay. Charlie was a preemie, 33 weeker, never latched. So I was an exclusive pumper and I was very lucky. I overproduced milk. So to give you an idea, your jaw is going to drop. Men, males, you have no idea what this means. Maybe you do. But when I stopped pumping for Charlie at 10 months, I had, you're going to die. I had 9,000 ounces frozen. I got Charlie to like 18 months on frozen milk. I had two deep freezers full, full. I remember one time our electricity went out at my house and I had one deep freezer at my parents who lived down the street when we lived in New Orleans and one at my house. You better believe I packed that shit up as fast as I could and I brought it to my parents. I was like, this is gold. Anyway, so he was just, whoo, he, he it was hard. Like that's the best way to describe it. He was hard and he had a reflux. So I had to hold him 30 minutes after he would you know, drink the milk. And then I'd finally put him down. I'd go pump. I'd get everything. I'd literally lay my ass down for bed. And then I would hear him start crying again because he was so wildly uncomfortable or it was time for him to eat again or napping was a mess and getting him to sleep in his crib on his own was a mess. Like it all took effort, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of effort. But you have to also remember that, especially for the first, right? We have no idea unless you've like worked at a daycare and even that, like you get to give them back at the end of the day. We don't fully understand the language of a baby until you actually have your own. It's that feeling of like, just let me do it. I know what the child needs. Like, just let me do it. I, I, I know. You just, there's just this like instinctual knowing of like, you know what the child, baby, infant, toddler, even now I know what my children need, right? And Years and years and years and years and years of that shit will wear you down. Like, I don't, I don't really know if I have an easy way to say that. Think about when your kiddos get in the car. I hear this complaint a lot. When your kids get in the car from school and they're like kicking the back of your seat or they're, the siblings are like bugging the heck out of each other or one is whining because they're tired, the other's hungry and, and you've just, you're about to lose it and you're just trying to keep your eyeballs straight on the road, right? I hear that so often. It's like, how do I get my kids to stop when I'm in the car, right? But there's also moments where maybe three minutes before you were absolutely blaring music in the car, loud noise, right? But yet, how is it so different? Why is it so completely different? Whining and children's noise and all the different things versus music and sound. And it can even relate down to tapping. Like, why does tapping drive you nuts, right? Certain noises trigger you, okay? But again, I'm speaking in parent language today. The reason is that we know that when our children are infants or even toddlers or even now, right? Like for me, six and nine, like even now, I know if they go into crying, whining, tantruming mode, even melting down, I know they need something. Let me say that again. I know they need something because we know that that is the language of a child and an infant and a baby and a toddler. That's the first language they learn is to scream their freaking head off until they're, you know, the scream where they like hold their breath and you're like, come on, come on, like take a breath, take a breath, right? That's their language to say, I'm dirty. I'm hungry. I'm uncomfortable. I'm sick. I'm want to be touched. I need to be, that's literally how they discuss their nervous system. That's literally it. And so what's happening is when your kiddos are getting in the car from school, your brain is 
absolutely getting triggered back to that place. Just like I explained to you, I'm feeling like tingly and like slightly nauseous thinking about Charlie and how he was as an infant. I'm so happy that phase is over. It was not a fun phase. So then every time your child has a tantrum or a meltdown, MF, not again. God, like just get the water yourself or like wipe your own ass. I don't really know. Like, come on, right? So it's the triggers that you're feeling from the patterning within your brain of, you know, that if your child is whining and crying and this thing and that, you know, there's a need. You know, there's, that's the language of them saying help. And you're probably so exhausted from years. I'm almost at a decade. Charlie's nine. Like next year will be a decade of this. You're ready. Your brain and your body is feeling on high alert of like, okay, something's wrong. Okay. Something needs to be fixed. Okay. And when our children first come out, they hands down create and you create a codependent relationship with them. I've said that before. The reason we create that codependent relationship with them is to keep them alive, alive. And so there's so much conversation psychologically these days about the codependency or the avoidant or the, this or the that type of you know relationship and all these things. I'm telling you, you got a codependent relationship with every single one of your kids. The hardest work of a parent's life is to very slowly release that codependency. You know, I was talking to my mom a few weeks ago when she was in town And she was like, my girlfriends and I say, it's like a zipper. We zip it up and we throw it away. Like we are a key, right? You lock it and throw the key away. Whatever she said, right? It's because my mom and all of her girlfriends know that we as grown adults, not children anymore, we don't, we don't want your opinion unless asked because we want to feel like we're doing this on our own. But somehow it's still the work of their life to learn how to lock it and zip it and, and allow us to be full functioning humans on our own independently, not codependently. Now, if we need help, we'll reach out. That's for our responsibility to get there and say, Hey, I need help. So it really truly is the work of our lives is to say, okay, kiddos, I've given you all the tools you need, or maybe not. And I need you to like kind of fail and figure this out on your own or like spread your wings and fly. You're going off to college. Best of luck to you. Like you'll figure it out, right? Got to be done at some point. Very, very slowly we attempt or craving, either we attempt, crave, or long to release that codependency of like, I don't want to deal with the noise anymore. I don't want to deal with the tantrum. You can walk. You do have the ability to go get yourself a snack or grab a cup and get some water. Like I don't want, like I'm done. Like I don't have the capacity to do that for you anymore because I'm now planning the schedule for you to make it to baseball practice on time and also get you to the birthday party that happened a few hours prior to that. But that was at the, you know, up North, but then the baseball game is down South and, and I haven't eaten anything all day, but shit, I got you there on time and I had the snack duty. So then the water and the, and the snacks needed to be done. That's actually a true story that happened the other weekend with me right? We don't have time on top of adding and adding and adding and adding and adding to all the things as our children get older. We don't have the ability to just continue to just take it on. And your brain is saying, I need to fix this. Something's wrong with my kiddo. I need to fix this. They're hurting. I need to fix this. They need something. I need you to know that just because your kiddo is using whining, tantruming, melting down, just because they're using that language in that way, no matter what time or how old they are, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to fix it. What you have to do is help your brain and body 
find safety in those moments. Because when you are at a concert listening and having the time of your life to, I don't know, Taylor Swift or John Mayer, whoever, you know, you, you love, you're not saying, holy shit, they need something. Like, trust me, Taylor Swift will tell you if she needs something. I don't think she's reaching for your arm and saying, I need you to hop on stage and help me. The other portion of that is that music, music in particular, because I get this question so often, that is the creative portion of your brain, okay? So music can give such healing to the brain and and bring on the creative side of your brain, and it, it can do a lot for you. Some people love it. Some people don't like it. Some people like loud music. Some people like softer music, but it's still the creative art driven side of that brain that it's supporting. When your kiddos are whining and tantruming, you've taught your brain to pattern your brain to say, alert, 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 like an alarm clock. Alert, something's going wrong. Alert, they need me. Alert, I need to fix. Alert, they're sick. Alert, they've got shit in their pants. Alert, it's, it's constant. And so that's why it's triggering you. Now, let's add some over-functioning or over-stimulation to the mix, right? Let's say you've been at work all day and you have been trying to hit a deadline or you were in court at a trial all day or you just had 15 meetings, you know, or who knows what, like you, you were running around getting laundries and groceries and this thing and that thing. And then you've expended all that energy. You have had lots of stimuli into your body all day, and then your kids get in the car and they're, right? You may, on top of your brain patterning, right? Your brain saying, okay, they need something. You have already depleted the gas in your tank. And so you may not have the ability to be like, yes, sugar plum, what would you like right now? Oh, okay. You want a snack in my car to, to, you know, dribble all over and you know, like, sure, you can put crumbs everywhere. We may not, we may not have the tolerance for that at that moment. And that's okay. Awareness is literally half the battle, which is why I'm really going deep into this to help you become aware of that. Okay. Now, the second step to after awareness is what do we do about it? And that's where I explain to you, it's helping your brain feel safe. Let me give you an example. So let's say it's seven o'clock at night kids are in the bathtub, you have just finished, you know, wrapping up dinner that you still know that you need to, I don't know, take the dishes out of the dishwasher, whatever it is, right? You need to take the trash out later or need to fold the laundry. You know, you're still not done for the day, let's say. Okay. But your brain and your body is totally done, totally done. So you're in the bathtub Actually, you yourself aren't in the bathtub, but you're in the bathroom with your kids in the bathtub and they're just having fun, splish splashing and all the different things and playing with water and all. It's like water play, right? Like, woohoo, this is so fun. And you're like, enough. And then they splash water out of the tub. You're like, one more time and I'm done, right? And then you just lose it. You're not necessarily thinking about how much you've done for the day, how much gas you actually still or don't have left in the tank, right? As well as the stimuli, the auditory sound that's coming into your ears with the echoing of the bathtub or the bright lights or the this or the that. You know, most adults use tubs for like peace and calm when we're adults, right? Kids use it for fun, splashing and playing. And so 
to understand in that moment when you maybe snap at your kids, you're like, I'm done, get out, like no more. Or they don't understand when they're just splish splashing water out of the tub and you're like, it's enough, right? And you say it over and over again. They're just being kids, but yet you don't have the mental capacity to deal with all the stimuli that's coming into your brain. You are literally screaming for a break at this point, but you know you still have to get their booties in bed. So the ability to say, Boom. Okay. Let's say you just snapped at your kids. Okay. Wait, I just snapped at my kids. How do I feel? Oof. All right. I feel done. I feel frustrated. I feel annoyed. I feel exhausted. I feel overwhelmed. I feel angry. I feel like, what do you feel in that moment? Give that to yourself. Yeah. You've got to give that to yourself. That is part of validating what's going on in your brain. We can validate that portion of the brain, but then we can also tell the brain, okay, but I'm safe. I'm safe. And how do we tell the brain I'm safe? Literally two words. It's okay. Like tell your brain that I'm angry. It's okay. I'm frustrated. It's okay. I'm exhausted. It's totally okay. I'm overwhelmed. It's okay. Whatever feeling comes up for you, we're not saying way to go. Like damn right. Mm -hmm. We're not saying you get to be all the things. Like we're not saying that. We're almost giving it a neutrality rather than shaming the frustration, the anger, the sadness, whatever's coming up for you in that moment. Because what typically happens is we snap at our kids when they're in the bathtub, right? And then we guilt and shame ourselves. I need you to stop doing that because we're not teaching the brain to be safe in that moment. We're teaching the brain that you're broken and you're wrong. You're not broken and wrong. You're just flipping exhausted and your brain may be triggered to a far less comfortable time when your children were babies and infants. And like, just like I told you, right, you may have a triggering event in that moment. But in order to get safe, we have to validate the feelings, tell ourselves it's okay, right? Giving it some neutrality of like, we're not going to shame it here. And then say, what do I need? Maybe you need earplugs. Maybe you need loops in the bathtub. Maybe you need loops in the car when you pick up your kids or earplugs. Yeah. Maybe you need a hug. Maybe you need to look at your children if they're old enough and say, I feel tired. I need help. Mommy is exhausted. Daddy is done. I, I need help. There have been plenty of moments where I've had to look at my children and say that. And do you know why I say that? Because if I don't, and I've just lost my marbles for a second, what does that mean for them? That means they may take that on. They may be like, why is mom snapping at me? I was just having fun in the bathtub. Like, this is fun. This is water. Like, woohoo, water play. Why is she so angry? I must be doing something wrong. Rather than, got it, mom is, mom is at her wit's end. She really loves me. She knows I'm just having fun. She just really, you know, did a great job of telling me where she's at. And so I now know why she's lost her marbles for a second. And so there's an understanding, right? So you have basically validated your feelings, told yourself it's okay. And then what do we do to get safe? It's the telling yourself it's okay so that your brain doesn't think you need to stop, drop, and roll and there's a fire in your house, right? When you're snapping like that, your amygdala is trying to say, hello, like we're not functioning very well. Alert, alert. That behavior, that's the language of your brain. We think language is actually language. Language is not language. Behavior is language. The mental health industry has done a very poor job of teaching that. Very, very poor job. 
language is not the language of your brain. Your behavior is the language of your brain. So when you snap, ding, 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 look at the dashboard of your car, something might not be functioning very well. It doesn't mean that you're a terrible parent or broken. That may mean that you're triggered to past events. When your kids were colicky and up all night and projectile puking all over your rocker that cost a freaking fortune. Don't even get me started on that. Anyway, so the next step, okay, I'm going to go through this, kind of keeping with that example of like, you got the kids in bed, you did it, they're done, boom. I don't want you to go back to the damn dishes and laundry. Like, ask yourself, what do I need? You can ask yourself, what do I need in that moment when you're in the bathtub scene? Like, maybe you need to turn the lights down. Maybe you need to watch your kids from outside the doorway if they're safe enough to do that on their own, right? And not drown, right? Like, what do you need? Maybe you ask your kids for a hug. Maybe you cry and say, I just needed a good cry. Like, maybe you need to tag your partner in. Maybe you just need to say, I love you so much, but I need to be done for the night and I cannot do books. I love you. And that is okay. You've got a million other days to do it. What do you need? So again, if you can't do it in real time in that moment, maybe you do it after when you're done for the evening. For me, I don't have a tag out partner, right? So it's me and only me. I've, I've got to continue on and, and support my kids and love them and get them to bed. So then right when I'm done, I say, what do I need? Okay, I need to lay down. I need to rest You better believe I'm not folding that laundry or putting the dishes away. If I can't and don't have the energy for it, I'm not doing it. And so what that's doing is taking care of your brain and body from the trigger of noise and sound. And again, you may be totally okay with popping on a show, which is sound, but it's different. And it's important to recognize the difference have the awareness, and then help support your brain and body into getting that safety that it's craving and needing at that time. Because once, way back when, the crying and the whining and and all the things, your brain used to say, oh, that's my cue. Let me go make sure they're okay. And that's possibly what your brain is doing now and continues to do as they get older. I got to tell you, I have absolutely loved doing this. I have loved creating this podcast. It has helped me give you so much more knowledge than just the little tidbits on my page or anywhere, right? Just little posts. Helps us really flush out the concepts here. And I'm so grateful you are here. I'm so grateful you trust my knowledge and find value in this. I would love to try something. I would love if you could from whatever media you are listening to, I would love if you could give me a review. And in that review, tell me what you're liking. Tell me what episode you like. Share with me a question that you have. I read those reviews. I want to know so that I can help you. Yeah, I want to know so that I can continue helping you even more. So if you could do me that favor, to help me help you, I would absolutely love that. And again, as I probably always say, I hope that this was helpful. I promise to go into so much more, like the mess, why mess triggers you, and all the different things. I promise. But let me know how this is going for you, what you're liking, what you would love for me to talk about. I 
I can't do it unless I know. So until next time, thank you for being here. Take care of yourself. XOXO, Dr. B.